Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Proudmouth. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help get you there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It's time to find a new perspective on what works, why, and how to move your business forward. Listen in as Matt Halloran interviews guest experts to help you be your own loud. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Today we're going to pick a fight. And what that basically means that if you have a cult brand or if you have a cult-like brand, one of the most important marketing tools that you can have is to pick a fight with other people within your industry and do it tastefully and tactfully but to show how you're different and that you don't basically just believe all of the tripe that's out there. Charlie Van Durven is our guest today. He's the founder of Social Advisors. Him and I are going to probably disagree on stuff. I'm going to tell you all of that right now, because here's the fun part. Neither of us are 100% right. Now, Charlie might not agree with that, but Charlie, do you agree with that? Uh, I'll give you that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I get one and now I'm screwed for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> so we're going to talk today about utilizing LinkedIn and utilizing social media in two different ways. One would be ads and two, a lot of the nurturey sort of connection boosting sales navigator stuff that's out there. Because what Charlie does is Charlie utilizes a, a little bit different of a system than we do here at Proudmouth. And of course, we live in the world of abundance. If you agree with what Charlie offers, then we recommend that you hire him. And in fact, at the end of the podcast, he's going to have a great chance to, to go ahead and pitch, tell you guys all how to get in touch with him. If you guys think that there's a middle of the road here, then guess what? The funny thing is, is you could actually hire us both because what we do is different than what Charlie does and what Charlie does is different than us. But the most important thing is for you to be educated on different opinions about how you can attack what all of you want to attack, which is to get more connections that are the right connections that are people who are going to hopefully purchase from you at some point in the cycle. So, Charlie, welcome to the show. Matt, thank you. Pleasure to be here. All right, brother, let's start off where where uh, let, let's talk about how you got to where you are right now. Tell us a little bit about your journey, please. Matt, I got started randomly kind of thrown into this industry in 1998. I grew up enjoying kind of extreme sports, snowboarding, skiing. I actually landed what I thought at the time was my dream job as a rep with Oakley. Now, this is way back mid-90s, late-90s. Turned out that wasn't the dream job I thought it was. And I found a little, a little technology company in the newspaper. I was living in Duluth, Minnesota called 50 Below. If there's advisors listening who are legacy Smith Barney, legacy RBC, Morgan Stanley, and a handful of others, 50 Below might be a common, uh, you know, a, a name that they recognize. That company actually uh, went through some, some big changes, mid-2000s. I went to work with FMG Suite for a little while, really kind of very strategically, because 50 Below made, took some big risks, Matt. Did one of them didn't pay off. They actually had to liquidate. They are now part of Broadridge. I went over to FMG hoping I could get Craig Faulkner, the F and FMG, to make some kind of bid on, on 50 Below's assets. That never happened. So I spent a couple of years with FMG. And uh, when that didn't happen, we kind of went our separate ways. From that, Social Advisors was born. So what is Social Advisors and why does it fill a need in our marketplace? 
From the moment I got started in this industry, Matt, it was obvious to me that advisors needed a lot of help with messaging, with marketing, with business development. It was I was I was in these leadership positions at the firms I was at. In the back of my mind, I always knew that uh, that we had an offering that would would work for advisors, would work in the industry. When social advisors launched, it was social media for financial advisors. Now I thought I knew what that meant, right? So in the beginning, we did a lot of custom content creation and it was writing blogs and it was putting together editorial calendars, taking care of their content marketing. Now, a couple of years in, Matt, I learned an important lesson. Content marketing in and of itself is really difficult to draw an ROI. Inevitably, you know, I'd get a call from our client and they'd say, Charlie, great blog, here's your money. But when do I get a client from that blog? And of course, my response would be, how do you know you haven't already? But I couldn't prove that. So we really had to pivot a little bit a couple of years into the business and recognize that engagement was what drove opportunity. Now, content's important, right? We've got to nurture those, 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 those new connections, those new relationships, but content supports engagement. Engagement was where we could demonstrate ROI directly. And the king of that was LinkedIn, no doubt. All right. Define engagement, please. Very simply, I would say is uh, starting a conversation with a, with, with a target audience member. Rather than blasting content out there, and that's important, with purpose. I don't mean to just say it like it's you know blasting content, like it doesn't matter what the content is. With purpose, all that content really doesn't matter unless you can start that conversation. So what do you do to increase the engagement? How do you make it so that whatever the advisors are posting on LinkedIn creates some sort of reciprocal conversation? The foundational work that we do that's engagement oriented is building the network within a niche. We, we have to get very specific on the niche so that we can speak personally to people. Building the network within a niche and then following up connections with very, very rapport-based one-to-one messaging. Now, you asked me about content. The content side of it, really in the last year, Matt, I would say that commenting on content in a strategic way, in an intelligent way, with purpose, is, is better than the direct message strategies that a lot of companies run on LinkedIn. It's really about understanding who it is that you're prospecting and taking just a little bit of time each day to make sure you're interacting around something that's important to them, the content they post. How do you get to that point though? It's like we're at the 50 yard line and, and, and you know, we're, we're really trouncing down the field. How do you get them to the 50 yard line to build the network, to have those one-to-one conversations? Great question. I mean, that's, that's the foundational work for, I would say, Matt, any business development strategy. Right, maybe maybe any's a stretch. For a standard business development strategy, the first the first and most important thing you have to do is build the right network. As you build the right network, the goal is to turn our advisor clients, and I know you know this is this is largely part of your strategy as well, into a micro influencer. Right, right, right. Every month we're adding 200, 250 connections on LinkedIn that fit the profile, whether it's an executive, whether it's a business owner, whether it's rollover opportunity, whether it's plan sponsors for 401k, any professional audience really fits that LinkedIn mold really well. 
It's about opening up that connection first, thanking someone for the connection, sending out a couple of rapport-based direct messages to create awareness within that network. That's an important point there. And that interaction within the direct messaging actually is going to impact the exposure of content right. on the LinkedIn newsfeed. So now your content starts to show up for them as well. They might think you're a bigger deal than you actually are, or you, or you think of yourself as, right? Just because you're showing up wherever they turn when it comes to that LinkedIn platform. And of course, it's important to get outside that platform as well. LinkedIn's a great place to build that network, but we need to influence people in more than one way. Right. We, we want to garner their email address, have them, you know, get a quick Zoom call with us or whatever. But that's that's a little farther down the road. As we uh, kind of prepared for the podcast today, you and I had a, a fun, heated discussion about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. How are you getting it so that the advisor? So if I'm targeting I'll use a real world example from from one of our existing clients. They're working, uh, they, their focus, their niche is a health system, right? A very large yeah. health system. They will work with, he's got lots of advisors, so they'll pretty much work with anybody and he only works with stock options plans and you know executive comp structures, right? So let's say we wanna get him in front of those people. Walk us through your process, because Charlie, I think that would probably be the best for our listeners. Let's have them kind of experience it on the 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 virtual end here of what it's like through your discovery process, and then the actionable steps that you take to get to that one to one conversation. Awesome, Matt. I uh, I'll try to not be long winded here, so cut me off where you have to. Okay. <laughs> hey, dude, you can be as long winded on this question as you want, because this is the secret sauce. This is what all of my listeners want to hear from you. So you just riff, brother. Yeah, I mean, you know, business development, Matt, it, it really breaks down to a four-step process, right? And and when I say this, it's going to seem pretty obvious, but let me state that four-step process, and then we'll we'll go through each of those steps on how we execute and get to the offer, if you will. The first step in that is is of course you've got to understand the audience you're talking to, right? The audience that you're prospecting. I was sitting in on a, a for much of my morning. I was listening in on an event that was going on today. It's a it's a full day, you know, advisor summit type event. And I think three of the speakers I taught, you know, were li was listening to while I was doing my work was uh, they focused really hard on picking the niche. And that's such an important step. So step one is you got to understand your audience. Step two is you've got to create as much awareness within that group as possible. LinkedIn is awesome for that. And what I'm going to tell you, you brought up advertising. Step two is where I think a lot of people spend money on advertising without a direct return on that investment. Advertising is a very difficult vehicle for creating awareness. It is a much better vehicle for nurturing relationships. I'll come back to that point in a second. Step three is exactly that. You've got to be able to nurture relationships. You've got to be able to speak personally to the people in that niche so they grow trust, so you can demonstrate some value and you can recreate relationship. Now, finally, the fourth step is you've got to be able to make an offer. But in a world where we really focus on growing a huge network, the question is, who do I make an offer to? And there's ways to identify that. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. When you choose a niche and the purpose for that, and I know a lot of advisors are scared to do that because they think, oh my gosh, if I choose to work with small business owners in my community, for example, does that mean I can't work with someone who doesn't fit that mold? And the answer is absolutely not. But by choosing that niche, you can tailor your marketing content, any copy you write, and frankly, the services you offer with an understanding of what that specific niche needs. 
right? So if you don't, if you're trying to, you know, if you're trying to blast message out to everybody in your community, hoping that they're going to be a client of yours, it's very difficult to speak personally to them because they all have a different subset of needs. So that's the importance of choosing your niche. If that's a professional niche, there's no better place than making awareness today than, uh, than LinkedIn, right? Whether that's, whether that's a young professional who's just dealing with some things like paying off debt, maybe getting married, maybe buying a house, maybe starting a family, going through all this transition. Maybe that's a business owner that has the complexities of their finances in the business. They've also got some complexities at home, corporate executives, stock options, comp plans like you'd referred to. You know, really, so if that's a professional niche, there's no better place right now than LinkedIn to build a massive awareness within that audience. What we do as a team is we send out about 40 or 50 invites every day on behalf of our of our clients. And then getting on to the third step of, uh, of that business development process, which is nurturing those relationships. We follow each new connection up with a series of three or four messages. I'm going to tell you most people use direct messaging on LinkedIn in a very, very poor way. Stop selling, start educating stop selling, start focusing on who that person is and and trying to develop a relationship. I'm sure we'll come back to that topic of, of stop selling and start educating at some point here. That third step is nurturing those new connections. Now you do that in a few different ways, right? You do that with content marketing. We'll talk a little bit about a, a service that we provide called Post Party, which is pretty awesome for content marketing. We also, for a number of our clients, integrate their CRM, right? So we can pull people right out of LinkedIn, grab that contact information, send it right to the CRM. And there's strategic ways of getting those people that are connected on LinkedIn to also opt into your email communication, right? So now your content's coming from email, your content's coming from social. And Matt, step three, that nurturing is where I place ads, the problem with, with that, that I see a lot of advisors, the mistake I see a lot of advisors make when it comes to advertising on the internet is that they're trying to advertise to a general demographic of strangers. Facebook manager, you know, Facebook ad manager or Google ad manager, they'll say, you know, I want to get my ads in front of these pre-retirees that live in this area that make this kind of money. The issue, Matt, last Last stats I heard were we are faced with, and this might not be accurate COVID stats, but outside of our pandemic, we are faced with 5,000 or more ad impressions every single day. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That doesn't surprise me at all. That's brutal, dude. Yeah. And, and one of the guys I listened to this morning on the, on, the, uh, on the virtual summit thing I was listening to, he said 3,000, but whatever that number is, when you're advertising to strangers, it's really hard to cut through that noise. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, I don't know any advisors that have the budgets of, say, the big, you know, big financial firms that are are, are running those ads. That's your competition, right? And they got huge budgets, where most advisors have a fairly small ad budget. The alternative to that is retargeted ads. So there's a way, whether it's by tracking code, whether it's by email address, and that whole world is evolving very quickly right now as well. There's a way to make sure that you're advertising to people that already know who you are people you're connected to on LinkedIn, people that have been to your website. When they see the ad, you are cutting through that noise of three to five to more, three to 5,000 or more ad impressions a day. Running ads in a retargeting strategy is 
a much better way to demonstrate an ROI than running ads to a bunch of strangers. Yeah. We're not looking for conversion. We're looking for impression count in that, so, in that case. So I'm going to, I'm going to pause you there. Cause, cause uh, you, you uh, said a couple of things that I want to jump on before I forget. So the first yeah. thing is if I get one more message that they don't know who I am on LinkedIn about trying to sell me something within the first, yeah. literally the first message, I want to reach through the computer and I want to slap them across the face. Well, it's so it's just rude right it's it's insensitive it shows that you're not doing any work which proves in my mind professionally that you're not a professional right that you're just some schmuck who's trying to fish out in this huge ocean desperately trying to find people because you need them to pay the bills and that's not what you're talking about here what you're talking about is next level stuff and charlie i think where where I get tripped up in what you're doing, and, and so here's my kind of pick a fight with you a little bit, is time. Not all of what I'm hearing you say, in my mind, can be outsourced to a company like yours. So tell me where that line in the sand is drawn. Where does the advisor have to pick up this relationship within your process? Really two points, I would say, Matt. At, at two points, we need advisor involvement. Those initial messages, right? If you catch somebody at the right time, you use the right language, and they've got an immediate need, very rapport-based. We try to stay as far away from sales as possible on this. Our typical advisor gets, let's say, six to eight calls every month out of just those invites and a couple messages that go out. Maybe we're targeting somebody who just changed jobs. They need help with a rollover or they're getting educated in that, in that arena. So our typical advisor is going to get six to eight calls per month. And those are varying, right? There's a lot of salespeople on LinkedIn, as you just alluded to. That advisor might actually get hit up by somebody who's trying to sell them something, yeah. right? So those six to eight calls, two or three really quality calls out of that. That we can automate all that, right? That goes right to their Calendly, shows up on their calendar. It's a, it's, it's a pretty simple process to automate that. Now, where the advisors that we work with are the most successful is they actually get involved in the nurture process. Mm. We've connected them with executive at this company and their community, and, and they work with a handful of people at, that, at that, that corporation. We can't act on behalf of the advisor in starting that one-to-one -one engagement. So we give them the recipe to do that for themselves. If this is a VIP method that they really want to engage with. Gotcha. Over about 30 days time, what we would say is make sure you make two or three comments on their content. And I'm telling you, one of the evolutions I've seen on LinkedIn is that the comments have become just as valuable as the newsfeed posts. Oh, I, I agree with that more than you can know. That, that's okay. Pause you there. Compliance. Compliance. Yeah. Everything we do on behalf of an advisor is 100% pre-written, 100% pre-approved. Oh. Right. So that, yeah. So that all flows through compliance, which is why it's so important to have a very narrow niche so that when we pre-approve, when we write pre-written messages for the advisor, and it's all done custom for each one of our clients, we can speak in specifics that touch a lot of people at once. Sure. Sure. Does that make sense? The chief executive officer of the organization that you're targeting has accepted your connection request, which is a blessing. And then you're commenting on that CEO. Does the advisor do that commenting directly or does your system know that that's the CEO that we need to comment on their posts? No, that's where the coaching comes in. So that, you know, where, where I say we've got, you know, we've got advisors that just 
knock the ball out of the park. Most of those are the ones that'll take a little bit of time each day. And I'm just talking 15 minutes, not a lot of time commitment, but for those quality connections that were made, the ones that, you know, are the VIP going in and over the course of two or three weeks, commenting on three pieces of content. And then finally, after they already recognize the name, engaging that person directly through direct message, gotcha. find something on their profile in common, you know, tell them how, how thoughtful their content is, whatever that, that vehicle is that, that gets that back and forth going through direct message. From a compliance perspective, Matt, you hit the nail on that. We can't do that, right? We, right. we are not in a, in a position to speak as our advisor client outside of that pre-approved messaging. What Charlie's talking about here is you have to show that you care and that you're listening before you can expect other people to listen to you. And that's why I wanted him on the show is because it's it's that is so vitally important. Social media only works when there's a social component to it. When you're talking and you're listening, as my grandmother used to say, you're given two ears and one mouth, so you listen twice as much as you talk. And very few of you do that on social. What you're doing is you're blasting out content without any sort of reciprocation to your ideal client and prospect. Now, another thing that you said there that I want to deconstruct just a little bit is the idea of the retargeting. People aren't even going to know what that word means, Charlie. So let's break down the retargeting. And then I want to finish with you talking a little bit about your post party. Okay, cool. Well, uh, retargeting is a pretty simple concept and most people have been on the receiving end of it. One of the things that I really like to do in life is, uh, is snowboard. Unfortunately, my wife moved me to Florida about 10 years ago. So now I can just take trips to do it, right? That's been good too, because I get to surf a little bit in the warm water. So if I go on Amazon, let's say, Matt, roundabout way to get to retargeting. If I go on Amazon, I'm searching for, gosh, I don't know, a new pair of snowboard bindings, whatever that might be. Most people shop on Amazon, put yourself in that position, shopping for what it is that you'd like to do. And you don't make a purchase. And then you click away from Amazon and maybe you log into Facebook. And sure enough, four or five posts down in your Facebook feed, here's that ad for, in my case, snowboard bindings. Again, in, in, insert whatever product it is you're looking at on Amazon. Amazon's tracking your activity on that particular product page that you looked at. So they know what your interest level is. They track that through Facebook code. So Facebook knows exactly who you are. And when you come to Facebook can serve up an ad for that particular product. Now, We've all been, you know, on the receiving end of this sort of thing. You show interest in something online and bang, 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 all of a sudden ads start to show up on Google partner websites and Facebook and wherever it is that you browse. That is retargeting in the simplest way that I can put it. Now, the way you do that, and advisors can do the exact same thing that Amazon's doing for that particular product. You can target, let's use Facebook, for example, you can target to that basic demographic of strangers that we talked about a little bit earlier, or you can set your ad targeting to people who have been on your website that has that same Facebook code on it that Amazon used to, uh, to track you on that product page. You can also target by email address. If you've got a database of email addresses for your prospects, and that's something that we, we provide a valuable service in getting those email addresses outside of LinkedIn, but if you've got a database of email, email addresses, you can target ads to the people who use those email addresses to log into Facebook as well. There's a lot of really crafty ways to make sure that your ads are showing up, 
for these people that already know who you are. And even if you're a small firm, you can seem kind of omnipresent to them, which builds confidence. They view you as a bigger, bigger firm than you are. And our goal with retargeting is really just to keep the ad impression count up because there is a degree of, of confidence and trust that comes with seeing that ad repetitively, let's say over the first 30 days after someone visits your website. Yes. So the idea here, everybody, is that there is a wonderful opportunity for you to utilize a, a very structured system on LinkedIn to get yourself not only in front of your ideal client, to begin to build the relationship with that client so that you can then have that pre-warmed up conversation handed off to you by using the social advisor system. Here at Proudmouth, our whole focus is to free the world's experts from sales. If you're an expert, you need to use a system like this, right? Now we do it, of course, a little bit differently because we're on the creation of the content perspective, right? That's where we really, really shine so that you have good content that's going out. But when you need to pick it up and really have those other conversations, that's why what Charlie and his team has built is so much fun to listen to and to hear about how they're doing something that, again, is fundamentally unique and different to what we're doing, but wildly applicable and very, very powerful. Now, what the hell is a post party, dude? <laughs> a post party. Matt, this is awesome. And this is, you know, there's there's some bias behind the statement I'm about to make. I, I really think post party creates, gosh, Maybe maybe it's hard for me to say more value than any other software we use, but it is it is a highly valuable tool in a world where uh, where content marketing is so important for the nurturing of those relationships and that network that you're building in social media. Post party is the rocket fuel for your content. To get detailed on what that means, really basically, post party is a is a growing community of content creators that all work together to create a lot more exposure for your content on LinkedIn. About 30 times a month, we run a post party. They're all scheduled, you know, when they're all coming up and subscribers of the software. And it's, 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 a, it's a low commitment software. It's $99 a month. There's no long-term commitment. It's month to month. But I promise you, Matt, the people that use it once or twice will quickly become addicted to this tool. The subscribers of that software, and, uh, and the website is socialpostparty.com. An hour before each post party, you'll get an email. And if you want to take part in that post party, all you do is register for it. I do five, you know, we got 30 a month. I do five or six a month is about all I do. There's no expectation that everybody's running 30, 30 post parties because they're scheduled to accommodate a global audience. We got people in Australia doing it. We got people in Canada. We got people in maybe Iceland. I don't know that for sure. But... <laughs> An hour before the post party, you get an email. If you've got a post ready for LinkedIn, and it's not a third-party post, it's not a link off to Forbes or US News like you know the, the hearsay users in the world are, 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 are accustomed to. It is actually content that you create. It can be simple. It can be a quick quote, whatever it is, but it's content that's native to LinkedIn. So it's got to be there. You know, It's got to be content that retains people on LinkedIn, not drives into third-party content. So you got a post ready. At the top of the hour when the post party starts, you make your post, you copy the link, you go over to the software, and you drop your link in that software. The software automatically distributes that to 14 people. And at the same time, you get the link to 14 other people's posts. 
it takes about 30 minutes. You got a two hour window, but it takes about 30 minutes. You have to interact with each one of those 14 posts. And at the same time, you've got 14 people interacting with your post. That early activity within that first two hours after you post helps massage that LinkedIn algorithm to create much, much, much more exposure for the content that you post on LinkedIn. Nice. Matt, it's awesome. It is like, honestly, minimum audience is a 5X and I've seen posts do 25X. So if you're used to getting 300 people that view your post on LinkedIn, you can expect about 1,500. I'm not going to do the math real quick. 7,500, I think is right. If we go 25X, I'm probably way off on that, Matt. But suffice it to say, it's a much, much larger audience that sees your content. So why 14? Pods of 15. We just broke it down into, into 15 person pods. The the importance of those those 14 other people that are in your pod, and they're randomized, but the importance of those 14 people, doesn't matter if they're in Iceland, doesn't matter if they're Australia, they're just there to create that immediate activity so that LinkedIn will show the content to the people in your network. Got it. it really doesn't matter that the people commenting on that content are not people that you know personally. They're just there to get your content a higher score on LinkedIn so it gets more exposure to the people that you do know. So the idea behind our podcast today was to, to, to really pick a fight with you sales schmucks out there who yeah. are blindly messaging me and Charlie and everybody who gets irritated by you with DMs, direct messages through LinkedIn, and really hoping that after listening to Charlie, that you will stop the madness and stop contributing to the noise that pisses people off on social media. What Charlie does in his organization, and what we try to do here at Proudmouth is to help you rise above the noise, get noticed and start building a relationship. Charlie, uh, this was fascinating. I, I thought you and I were going to have much, much larger points of disagreement, but I freaking love what you're talking about here. If somebody wants to engage you or find out a little bit more, what's the best way for them to reach out? Yeah, I am super active on LinkedIn. So my LinkedIn uh, direct message box is always open. Email is C Van Derven, V-A-N-D-E-R-V-E-N at social-advisors.com. Cell phone, I'm not afraid of that, 386 Eight four six five two nine one. Matt, we've got a team of uh, we've got a team of twelve people. Mm-hmm. Got a small a small sales team, though I'll call them more an education team, if you will, because we really do stand behind the philosophy of stop selling and start educating. Build as big a network as you possibly can. It's your responsibility to educate that network. Reach out to me directly, and uh, and if I need to hand you off to one of our one of our uh, business development members, I sure will. But I am. Education is a big part of what we do, and I'm more than happy to really take time with absolutely anybody. It's important that as professionals, you and I have gained a different set of skill set, different set of knowledge over the years. It's important that as professionals, we share that knowledge. And, And frankly, that's what brings us new clients. It's not because we can say the right thing at the right time. It's not about ABCs and always be selling and always be closing, rather. And I'm going to tell you, I think the, I think the, the industry is, is still coaching like it's the year 2000 for sales coaching. Yeah, totally. I, I don't think the industry's evolved yet. And, uh, and it takes guys like you and I that are part of this industry, but on the outside looking in on these firms to help advisors take a more intelligent, more efficient approach to business development. 
Yeah, sales has fundamentally changed everybody and you know nobody wants to be sold to anymore those you know white patent leather shoes that you used to see the used car salesman wearing as they walked out to you with their hair all greased back nobody wants that crap anymore what people want to know is that one you care two you can be trusted before you ever even ask them to do anything and as charlie's talking about as we talked about a lot on this podcast in the past it's very very simple it takes time it takes consistency and it takes you showing that you're putting in an effort, whether you automate that effort or whether you scale that effort, which is kind of the difference between what, what Charlie's company does and what we do here at Proudmouth, uh, which are very compatible services. That's what is the difference. If you try to go in with the old Zig Ziglar stuff, you're going to get eaten alive and you're going to not have a client for life because you sold somebody. If you want to have, in our industry, clients for life, they need to opt in to the relationship relationship with you. And the way that they can do that is by using the social advisor system or what we offer here at Proudmouth. Charlie, this was freaking awesome, dude. I love talking to you. I love your energy. I love your expertise. And I really appreciate it. Charlie, so we're wrapping up the show and I just realized that I didn't ask you the question I really should have asked you, which was, should I have asked you something differently? Is there something I should have probed more deeply in so that our audience would get more value? Well, Matt, I'm glad you brought it up. Earlier, we were talking about four steps of business development. We, we quickly high level went through those four. But really, I think the most important aspect is that fourth element. And that's how do you know who's ready for your offer? How do you know in this growing large network that you've got that you're educating consistently who's ready to talk business? And, and really, that comes down to two things. Number one, advisors need a good, intelligent marketing CRM that has the capability of lead scoring. So if you're using a CRM out there that is industry specific, that's great for your clients, but I highly recommend you leverage a CRM that has lead scoring capability because what that does is it tells you as you're growing a network, adding 250 people to your prospecting network every month, who's interacting with your social media content? Who's opening your emails and clicking on your links? You can automate deciphering who within your network is the hotter opportunity for you so that you expend the energy on the right people on that direct outreach. Second, and I know there's a lot of advisors doing this now, you need to have a mechanism like Proudmouth, right? You need, you need a podcast or you need a consistent webinar so that you can see who is attending these particular these particular educational events. And as a business developer, great that you're educating, but what I'm interested in is who's showing up. So if you send out 100 invites and you get 20 registrations for your webinar and seven people show up, you might be disappointed with the number seven, but the fact of the matter is, is those are seven people who have demonstrated interest in what you have to say and are deserving of direct follow-up. It's funny. When I first got into this industry, everybody was talking about the law of large numbers, right? The 10,000 phone calls get you 100 appointments, get you 10 new clients. And, and that's not what I'm hearing you say here. You're, we, we get to the point of opt-in. And those seven people who just showed up to your webinar, they might not become clients today, but if you continue to build a relationship with them over time, when they are ready to purchase from you, since you haven't been a schmuck, the probability of them setting an appointment with you later is much, much higher. We have examples of that through our system for the last four years, where somebody will show up to a webinar or back then, you know, seminars, 
and then they get dripped on by the podcast, providing continuous education about really a lot of the same topics, Charlie, that they talked about in the in the podcast or the webinar or the seminar, right? And they're like, look, I wasn't ready to buy from you then, but you just triggered something in your last podcast that makes me realize that, yep, now's the right time. And you need to have that consistent voice that's out there, which, which is what we believe is the best way for you to rise above the noise. Charlie, thanks for taking a second to, to clarify that, that fourth aspect of business development. Yeah. Because I too believe that that's something that people don't truly understand. Matt, I don't even think we picked a fight really yet. You know what? I was trying, and then oh, I realized God. that. Well, no. See, we picked a fight together. Like I was, okay. I thought I was going to be able to pick a fight with you directly, just because I thought that'd be fun. Uh, but but we're way more in line <laughs> than I had actually expected. But what we did pick a fight with is the schmucks that we have to pick a fight with, which is those idiots who don't take the time, who don't listen, who don't pay attention to who they're sending these direct messages to on LinkedIn, clogging up our inbox with a bunch of crap that actually makes me want to. In fact, Charlie, I do it. I will I will unconnect from you on LinkedIn if you do that. So will I. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, thank you for giving us your contact information. We're going to make sure that that's put in the show notes so that people can reach out to you. Please follow Charlie Van Derven on LinkedIn because he's consistently putting out great information, which, by the way, is how I found Charlie for the show. And I'm super excited about it. He's also been featured in a number of articles. And please check out social-advisors.com, which is that's the website, right? That is the website. You got it. And make sure that you check out what they have on the site because the site itself is very, very well done and it communicates directly to who they work with. So if you have any questions about your ideal clientness for somebody like Charlie, the website will, will really go ahead and put you there. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast 300 episodes in, you're missing a lot. So please click that subscribe now button below. That way, every time we come out with a new thought leader like Charlie here, uh, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And this is the last time I'm going to say this. We here at Proudmouth in this podcast, the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast, with over 10,000 downloads uh, every single solitary month, are looking for a sponsor. If you would love to sponsor our podcast and get in front of the right people who are generally independent financial services professionals who really are looking for better ways to market and better ways to communicate with your clients, please email me, Matt, at topadvisorm.com. So for everybody at Social Advisors, Charlie Van Derven, and all of us here at Proudmouth, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to learn more about how to be your own loud podcast, visit our website, read our blog posts, attend educational webinars, and sign up for Influence Accelerator Academy. 